The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tips Radio Show, everyone. Byron White here, hot off the the press from the Book Expo, actually, um, that was in New York. Uh, but I'm here joined today with Stephanie Skagg. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, having me on. It's a pleasure to have you. You're the author of a new book that releases in September of, of 2012 here. Uh, the book will be called Get Business Financing Now, How to Get, How to get on Track to Raising Capital for Your Company. Tell us about the book. We all need some money here. What's the word? We do, we do. Well, I'll tell you, um, it, the whole world of raising capital for people's company has kind of changed, especially with the credit to freezing up the way it did several years ago. And I wrote this book because there are a number of more creative strategies that people can use to get financing. And financing I use in a broad sense of the word, not just going out and getting a loan, but really uh, you know, seeking funding for your company um, is, is much bigger than that. Can't wait to learn more. Tell us first, initially, what is the state of the union with funding in general? You know, obviously, the economy has been in a bit of a situation of distray for for a couple of years now. Is there funding happening, uh, particularly for small businesses? Let's focus on that. Well, funding is happening, but in somewhat of a different way than it used to be happening. Mm -hmm. Because it used to be that most people thought about just going down to their local bank and getting a business loan. Well, as we know, because of the whole banking crisis, that's not as easy as it used to be. So people are getting funding, but in different ways, um, not just going down and getting a business loan. And the bank, let's, let's, let's rule out the banking possibilities. Why, you know, when, when did banks, how has the policy for banks really changed, and what are they looking for now? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, started you know, several different companies, and, and I tend to have always gotten loans on my accounts receivable, right? Uh-huh. Yep. But, but accounts receivables now are, are somewhat dubious in that uh, you know, companies are filing Chapter 11, and so the, the risk that a bank takes on in, in taking a loan with an accounts receivable as the collateral is obviously riskier. Hence, yeah. they're, they're sort of chiseling into that saying, hey, we used to give you 60% of your AR, you know, but now we're only going to give you 40% of your AR right, because we feel right. there's more risk associated with that, which means less money can be lent, um, which means less you know, stagnation of, of the growth of the company. So is that a good summary of what's happening in the banking world? Um, and, and do you see the banking world changing in the next year or two? Well, I think the banking world certainly has changed. Whether it's going to change for the better in the next year or two, um, I'm a little dubious about that in that time frame. Part of it is we have sort of a, a two-headed snake going on here. One side of the banking world, like the administration, the government administration is saying, you know, we need to help small businesses make more business loans. Um, we're supporting the Small Business Administration to make more business loans. Well, 
that's one side of what's going on. But the other side is the government regulators who oversee the banking world. They're saying, oh, you know, we need to tighten up our guidelines. You banks cannot now loan money to who you used to be loaning money to because we perceive that as a much higher risk situation. So um, on one side of the coin, you've got government saying we need to you know, stimulate the economy, help small businesses make loans to them. But on the other side, the regulators are saying, nope, you can't make loans to those, to, to those businesses because they are perceived as being too risky. We, we saw, of course, a, a crisis of monumental proportion in the mortgage industry that was a catalyst for uh, doom and gloom that we're experiencing now. Um, do you think there could ever be a crisis in the small business loan industry um, for a lot of small business, too many small businesses, you know, yeah. foreclosing and filing bankruptcy and, you know, taking cash and, and running, if you will, um, and not paying employees and not paying vendors and having the trickle down theory? I mean, is that a crisis point that you see that could happen in the marketplace? I, I actually think it's already happened. I mean, for example, one of the things that I do in my business is, you know, I have a lot of contacts with the lending uh, network that's out there. And I would say that probably half to maybe 60, even 70% of the lenders that I used to do business with have gone out of business. And the reason being is because their portfolio of loans uh, basically went bad. And so they've had to close shop. And that's because then a lot of the businesses that they had made loans to were not solvent and had to close shop. So I think it's already happened. I think that, you know, there's a lot of uh, movement to, uh, you know, try to make the whole banking industry more solvent, and I think that's happened somewhat. Um, but I think that we're still not quite out of the blue because if you think about it, if you contrasting what's going on with the mortgage industry, you know, mortgages are backed by actual secure collateral, so to speak, whereas in a lot of cases with businesses, you know, the loans that were made, they were backed by not so uh, tangible collateral in some cases. So, like, if you have your accounts receivables, as you had mentioned, you know, if a lot of those businesses that the, the accounts receivables were tied to, they all of a sudden become insolvent and can't pay on the AR, well, then that whole pool of accounts receivables essentially become less worthwhile, less, uh, you know, stable, less of value. Well, let's get to the let's get to the fun stuff. You know, okay. what are some tips and advice and, and some creative ideas for small businesses? And and we might want to start off in some different segments here: brand new businesses versus established businesses. Say, you know, one to five million dollars in business, and then even bigger businesses. You know, ten, twenty million in sales. I mean, there's got to be a way. There's probably some different strategies for different types of situations. I'm sure. Is that is that is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, there definitely is. And, you know, one of the things that I do want to point out is, you know, we did start off the segment by pointing out a lot of the doom and gloom about what's going on in the industry. Well, I want to completely switch the tables around. And the whole reason that I wrote the book that I did is to present to the public that, you know, there are a lot of other strategies to financing a business. And so I don't want people to come away thinking, oh, my God, you know, the sky is falling, because that is not the case. There are a number of ways of getting financing for companies, uh, doing it more creatively. In some cases, you know, it may be that you have to piece together different elements of financing, whereas in years past, you might be able to just have one financing instrument that does that. 
But, you know, I want people to come away with hope and with uh, the feeling that there are solutions, there are options, there are, you know, creative strategies out there. Let's talk about some of them. I'm sure you've got a plethora of them. Let, let's give, give, us, give us one That's before right. the break here. Give us a teaser. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that uh, I, I think that we should talk about is what's going on with crowdfunding because that's been kind of hot in the news and, uh, you know, people may be confused about what it is or, you know, how it might benefit their business. So I would certainly love to touch on what crowdfunding is and how that works and what kinds of businesses it works best for. So um, if you want to, we can speak about that. Let's dive into that first. Um, okay. Now, now uh, let, me, let me say, uh, first I want to ask you about, I understand some some government policy changed in the last two or three months with regards to this whole crowdfunding concept. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, let me tell you what's what's changed because uh, really, with the passing of the Jobs Act recently, what that means is that it opened up the possibility or the the legalities related to crowdfunding because. Crowdfunding, there were some gray areas related to whether the SEC needed to regulate that industry. And um, with the passing of the Jobs Act, it really said, okay, as long as you're a small business and you are trying to raise money using the crowdfunding platform, it's okay to do so, and you won't be in violation of SEC regulations. So that was a, a huge plus because, it, like I said, it kind of shed some light or took it out of the gray area in terms of whether it's legal to do crowdfunding. So those regulations don't actually come into play until January of 2013, but at least it, uh, you know, it shed some light on that it is legal to do this avenue of, fun, of financing. And um, tell, just tell me a little bit about some of the models that are out there and, and how they work. Um, I know a friend of mine just launched um, a, a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo. Mm-hmm, Could you tell yeah. us a little bit about that's, Indiegogo and, and some of the others of them, out yeah. there? There's a whole bunch of them. Right. There are a whole bunch of crowdfunding sites. And, you know, one of the reasons that crowdfunding is becoming more and more popular is because there are a number of more sites that, you know, websites that are are doing crowdfunding. And just let me tell you in generalities how that works. And, and the way it works is that an entrepreneur would post a project that they're involved with on one of these crowdfunding sites. And then they really do need to promote their project. It's not just, you know, build it and they will come kind of a syndrome because the ones that are successful in attaining the funding that they want are entrepreneurs who go out there, they post their project, and then they promote their project to their network using a lot of it as email campaigns, social media, and so forth in order to drive traffic to the particular platform that they posted on, and that's how they get the donations. Does that make sense? It does, and I have some interesting questions around it. Okay. Um, is is there a risk and danger that you will look like a like you're not well supported? Is there negative ramifications? For example, a friend of mine's launching um, uh, a, a try raising his he's raised a thousand fifteen dollars um, so far, and he's he has a an unusual community called uh, for for whiskey lovers, but it's really four levels for basketball lovers, adventure, travel, antiques, basketball, bookkeeping. So he's trying to kind of franchise this model. He's he's been successful with one of them for for whiskey lovers. Um, okay. And 
So anyway, he's trying to raise $25,000. He's had it up for, I don't know, a week or two or something. He's only raised $1,000. I mean, it, right. you know, it, this looks like a failure to me, to be honest. Is, is, is there a, do you think there's a problem with, with, with failure, public failure with a, with a crowdfinancing model? I, I think that there is a risk of that. And I think, let me tell you what I see as the type of venture that works well with crowdfunding. I think that it's typically a startup um, venture. It's in some cases not even a business, but authors or musicians or artists, they do very well using the crowdfunding model. Um, you know, startup businesses, especially businesses that have some sort of community outreach. Um, aspect to their business. I think they do very well because if you understand what crowdfunding is, is people are donating money to the project. Okay, mm-hmm. donating. So they're not getting a stake in the company. They're not giving a loan out. They're basically donating money. So the projects that do best are ones where, you know, people feel good about just basically giving money to whatever the, the venture happens to be. And so I think that there certainly are some projects that do not do well in that environment. Um, and, and that's something to keep in mind. The other thing, like I said, is it is very important that you go out and you have to promote your project. All right? So mm-hmm. it's not the build it and they will come because they won't. You know, it's not – there's so many projects now that are being posted on these sites that it's difficult for people to just go out and find a project that they feel compassionate about. So you really have to promote it. And if you don't promote it and you don't get the funding level that, uh, that you say that you need, what your goal is, then depending on what the site, you can, it's an all or none. Uh, you either get your goal or you don't get any of it. So I think that you do have that perception of failure. Right. Now, now in, Indigo, uh, in, Indiegogo actually allows you to offer a flexible funding campaign where this campaign will receive all the funds contributed by by a certain date, um, and they won't forfeit any funds that have that have been contributed. Right, and they're, they're depending on what the platform is that people use to post their projects. There is a variation along those lines. Some of them do require an all or none set setup. Um, others do not. So um, Indiegogo is one that does, and that they allow that flexibility. Other sites do not. And like I said, there's so many sites that are popping up. I don't even know which one's doing what at this point. Because they are, there's a lot more sites than uh, I mean, they're popping up literally every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what about uh, crowdsourcing and crowdfunding models that would give out equity in the company? Well, that certainly is a model that is happening, and and um, you know, I think that there are some legalities that people really need to be aware of if they are thinking about going in that direction. So if you're thinking about, you know, investing in a company, I think, you know, investors need to do some due diligence. And um, even though the, the whole crowdfunding model is opening up and, and the legalities of it are becoming um, more well-known, I think that really investors need to be careful that and that they don't have necessarily real high expectations because a lot of crowdfunding uh, is done by startups. And that is the absolute most risky type of business to be investing in. Um, so I think that's just something to keep in mind. I think that, of course, entrepreneurs are interested in that aspect because depending on how they've set up their uh, legal structure and so forth, if the business fails, in some cases, then they aren't having to you know, pay anybody back. So 
Um, it's just something to, to really investigate whether you're on the investor side or whether you're on the entrepreneur side in terms of how you set that up. Let's take a quick station break, everybody. We'll be back in just a minute with Stephanie Skaggs and, uh, and just, just back in one minute. Thanks. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone. Stephanie, thanks for being on the show today. Appreciate it. Certainly, I enjoy it. We talked about crowdfunding, but let's dive into some other tips, Stephanie. What are your thoughts on fundraising? Let's, let's, let's offer some other creative ideas. Okay, well, one of the things that I think that people really need to keep in mind is that in years past, it might be that you had one financing avenue or vehicle that funded the entire project that you were looking at, whether you're starting a new business, whether you're expanding, or whatever that might be. Nowadays, what's happening is that the, the, the financing vehicles may be more varied. There may be more a number in terms of being able to satisfy whatever kind of funding goal an entrepreneur has. So it's, you know, keeping in mind that, that being able to kind of put together a number of different funding vehicles is, is certainly okay. I mean, that's uh, to think that we have to just have one funding source and that's going to fund our entire thing is probably not as realistic as it used to be. So that's really kind of one of the first messages. Tell us about the SBA and what's happening over there. Okay. 
Well, the SBA, or Small Business Administration, they do have a charter in order to really stimulate the economy and to help get funds that are out there and available. Now, for certain segments of the uh, small business community, for example, veterans, they have got some great loan programs for veterans who are coming back and and wanting to start a business. Um, They've got some incredible interest rates and great programs that the SBA is supporting veteran communities for small businesses. Um, In terms of, I mean, people need to realize the SBA, they do not loan money themselves. Okay, so when somebody is saying an SBA loan, they have to realize that the SBA is actually not loaning the money. A lender still has to loan the money. And what the SBA does is they guarantee that if the borrower defaults on that loan, the SBA will pay back up to a certain percentage of the loan amount. So you still have to have a lender that you convince that you are a you know qualified candidate in order to get a business loan. And I think people kind of have a misconception about that. But does it make sense? It does, yes. So you really need to go to a bank or a lending institution uh, in order to see if you negotiate directly with them on whether you might be able to apply for and receive an SBA loan. Is that correct? That is exactly right, yeah. So what we just talked about in the first part of this uh, interview related to the banking, you know, the banking community and so forth it, banks are still hurting, and so they don't necessarily want to make loans, even if the SBA is guaranteeing a certain percentage of that. They realize that they still have to, you know, be be on the hook for that loan. So um, it hasn't gotten away from the fact that even though the SBA is saying, yeah, go out and make loans, the lender still has to feel comfortable with that. What about investments uh, from from customers, from your customer base? Well, that's one of the strategies that um, I present in my book, and there's, you know, whether you use vendor financing or customer financing, um, you know, that's the point, is you really have to examine all the different options that are available for your company. And it used to be in years past, people didn't really have to do that. And it's interesting because my business, who you know, I've been in financing for almost 16 years, and it's gotten more onto the consulting side of things where I help a, a company essentially identify what their potential sources for financing are and then help them to identify the proper financing sources within that type of financing. And so it's more on the consulting side of things than actually on the, the lending side or the you know loan placement side. So I've seen a, sh- a switch in terms of how my business is being able to help other entrepreneurs and small businesses in arranging financing. What about hiring a consultant to help position your company to be viable for, uh, for, for loans and or investment? What's your take on that? Uh, I think it's more and more necessary these days, to be honest with you, because I think being able to present your company in the best light possible is paramount to successfully acquiring financing these days. So, um, you know, I guess I'm somewhat biased to that because that's what I do, but I think that it used to be you could kind of bumble along in the financing world as an entrepreneur or small business owner and not really having a good sense of, well, what exactly does a lender look for or, you know, should I tell them that information or should I not? By having a consultant who has done this type of work for years and years and years and they know what lenders look for, they know what... Um, investors look for. They know just essentially the different aspects of, 
you know, what makes you financeable and what not is even more important now than it ever has been. I read about a very interesting company that likes to lend you money that is paid to Google for pay-per-click advertising, in other words, AdWords investment. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a cash advance um, that they're giving you to help you generate sales. Huh. They naturally take a percentage that. of your sales, but it's fascinating. Have you heard about that type I of I have investment? not heard about that, no, but I, I think yeah. that is an interesting slant on you know, kind of creative methods of being able to, uh, you know, access capital. Um, and also creative lending. That's what I yeah. really like about it. You know, right, they, right, yeah. They're, they're, well, they're tapping it. They're like, listen, you're spending 10 grand a month right now on pay-per-click, you know. Yes. How much revenue would you generate if you spent 20 grand a month on pay-per-click? Right, How much right. of a product or service would you buy? What's the profit of that? You know, would you share that profit with us? So from a lending institute, they can almost be a partner in your business, but not have to run your business. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, I think that, uh, you know, they certainly have the, uh, the ability to run statistics on that sort of thing. And exactly. uh, so I think it's fascinating, you know, that uh, yeah. that's the kind of thing that's happening now is the creativity to the industry is just incredible. Um, so I, 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 you know, if people do a lot of, Google ads, that might be a, something as a strategy that they could look at. I'll try to find the name of the company and report it to our, uh, yeah. our fans here, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Tell us about grants. Grants. Well, first off, let me give a, a word uh, or a tip, and that is there's a lot of like emails and so forth that talk about, you know, pay this amount of money and get this list of grants. Well, just so that people know, most grants that are, are actual grants, are ones that they can find themselves. You really shouldn't have to pay in order to get a list of what grants are out there. Those are things that you can get yourself. But I think that there are just a tremendous number of grants out there and that people need to really think about what their industry is, what kinds of companies that they would do, you know, you know, be selling towards or or uh, be compatible with and kind of co-sponsoring things. So I think it's a, a great way of thinking about raising capital um, but my word of advice there is you really don't need to pay somebody for a list on those kinds of things. Just being you know, knowledgeable about your own industry is the best place to start. Let's talk about online resources in general for a second. Are there websites or great resources that you think um, you know, business owners should go to to learn more about, um, about growing the business and, and creative financing? I, I honestly cannot say, well, other than my own website, which is uh, top10financing.com, uh, which I present a lot of information about creative or alternative financing strategies there. But, I, you know, SBA, they, their website, they talk about more on the loan side related to SBA. Um, you know, in terms of others, there are there's sites related to crowdfunding. Um, there's sites related to peer-to-peer lending. Um, so there's a, there's a number of them. People, like I said, can go to my website. I have a number of resources there at my website that can help people wade through all of that. But there's, there's just a plethora of different websites that provide different aspects, depending on what kind of financing a, a business really needs. Could you talk a little bit about peer-to-peer lending since you brought it up? Tell us about Certainly. that. Yeah, peer-to-peer lending is it's a 
somewhat new. Um, I I shouldn't say it's new. It's more organized now because of the Internet than it used to be. Peer-to-peer lending is basically, it's, it's kind of a subset of private lending. I mean, that's been going on forever. Um, but essentially, the Internet has made it more available, both to the investor side as well as to the borrower side. And peer-to-peer lending essentially is if I have money and I want to lend it out there, but I don't necessarily have the network of small business owners who, who need the loans, you can basically go onto the website and look for candidates that you would be willing to fund, and they typically will post what their project is, how much money they're trying to raise, and you can you know, essentially get matched with a small business that is looking for that type of financing. Are there example sites that you could show us or tell us about? Oh, gosh. I'm not clicking on any, but if they just search peer-to-peer lending, there's probably about 12 or, or 15 that come up right away. Just doing it right now. Lendingclub.com, prosper.com. Yeah, yep. those, those are, two, those those are the two biggest ones. <clears throat> Lendingclub uh, and, and prosper.com. Slate. NetBanker, sociallending.net. Those are, those are newer ones, evidently. Okay. Got I've it. done I've done actually lending on the on prosper.com and um, you know, as again, a, it's, as, 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 a, a as a lender space, you just need you know, to really we, investigate. Where would you send a company, you know, with with Let's say they're a little bit established. Maybe they've been around for two to five years. They've done a couple million in sales. They've been profitable, you know, for the last say they've been around for five years or they've been profitable okay. for two or three years. They're healthy, but they're working with traditional banks typically. Um, you know, bank loans. Where would you send them for some creative financing? Well, it would depend on the kind of company that they are. And one of the things that I do in my business is really evaluate what sort of assets a company has and the business owners have, because that is the key. And and I'm not talking about necessarily, um, you know, hard assets like real estate or accounts receivable, but there may be some intangible assets. For example, an owner's credit is an intangible asset, but it is a real asset for that business in terms of what kind of financing that they would be available or that would be available mm-hmm. to them. So I think what are that, other types of assets that we should be looking for and thinking about? Um, well, I think the types of things really that a lender's going to look at or an investor's going to look at is the character of the owners. That's an intangible asset. So, you know, depending on whether you do community support, that has to do with your character. Um, You know, how long you've been in business, that has to do with your character. So character is certainly one. What the collateral is. So if a business has some kind of hard collateral, whether that's real estate, whether it's equipment, whether it's um, accounts receivables, um, whether they have purchase orders, whether they you know, what, who their vendors are, those kinds of things um, can impact what the collateral can be. As I mentioned, the credit of the owners and the credit of the business. You know, does the business have its own credit history? Because if the, the uh, business credit history is only the same as the uh, personal owner's credit history, then you're limited in terms of the kind of credit that you can get. So a business really has to have its own credit history, credit report 
Okay, so that's another thing. And then the last thing that I would say in terms of another asset, so to speak, is what the cash flow of the company is. Do they show a profit? If they don't show a profit, then you're somewhat limited in the kinds of financing that you can get. So looking at those four things, credit, collateral, character, and cash flow. And, you know, you have to kind of analyze all of those aspects in order to determine what the proper, what the best source of financing or sources of financing that a business can get. Is social media, uh, social media and the reach you have in the social sphere ever going to become an asset that you see as having value from a lender's perspective? Um, I think not so much necessarily from a lender's perspective, but I think certainly in terms of how you reach your customers, you know, whether you have the potential of, for example, doing a, a crowdfunding type of situation. If you have a huge social network, you're more likely to be successful in raising crowdfunding to the dollar extent that you want. Because that's a huge, you know, everything that's going on on the Internet, if it's easy just to say, oh, this is posted on Facebook, I'll just make a click over here, and then I'm, you know, on the Kickstarter website, and I'm funding this project uh, by making a $10 donation, you know what I'm saying? The easier that you can make that, and so having a huge social network certainly does help that. And what about the, what, what are the hotter types of industries that are, that are seeming to get more money uh, uh, approved? In terms of from crowdfunding sources or just in general? Uh, I think in general. Well, you know, I think it really depends. Of course, ones that have a huge profit potential are still ones that are, are being looked at as very interesting. So technology is certainly part of that. Um, you know, in the, uh, the biotech industry, that certainly is something that is, uh, is interesting for getting funding. Um, you know, so it kind of depends. The old brick and mortar, the retail, those are, those are tougher uh, in order to, you know, really get a, a, a lot of interest in terms of financing. But certainly, you know, if the profitability is there, then it's, uh, you know, it's possible to get financing. Well, do you have any final tips or words of wisdom for us as we track along here? And, and how can people well, get a hold of you? That's another important question. Yeah, people can get a hold of me. Um, they can either go to my website, which, like I said, is www.top10financing, and that's the number 10, financing.com. Um, people can certainly, uh, you know, send me an email from there if they'd like to. They can give me a call, my telephone number. 505-856-1847. I'd be happy to uh, do a 30-minute uh, free phone consultation with people if they uh, need some help. So they can certainly, uh, you know, give me a call or, like I said, send me an email from my website, and I'd be happy to, you know, help people uh, at least steer them in the right direction. And I think so in terms of my, my final tips is don't give up. You know, if you have a, a, a passion in business and you want to succeed, the main thing is just don't give up. There's a lot of different sources of financing out there. Uh, you know, don't give up until you've identified the correct financing source and making sure that, you know, what you're doing in business is something that you have such passion about that you don't want to give up. Terrific, Stephanie. The, the book is Get Business Financing Now, How to Get on the Fast Track to Raising Capital for Your Company. Um, the author is, is Stephanie Skaggs. Stephanie, thanks so much for being on the show today. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. 
Until next week, everybody, I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser, and I hope you raise dollars fast with these great tips and advice. Thanks again, Sherry, for being on, Stephanie, for being on the show. You're welcome.